This episode is brought to you by the Nurse Residency Program with HCA Healthcare. With graduation season already in motion, now is the time to plan for the next steps in your career, which is why I recommend checking out the Nurse Residency Program with HCA Healthcare. HCA Healthcare's year-long nurse residency program is tailored to support new grad nurses and ease that first-year anxiety. Plus, HCA Healthcare gives you the opportunity to advance your career in one of the largest healthcare systems in the country. Don't wait. Students preparing to graduate and recent grads are eligible to apply to the nurse residency program at HCA Healthcare. You can learn more today at careers.hcahealthcare.com residency. Again, that's careers.hcahealthcare.com residency. HCA Healthcare is an equal opportunity employer. Now on to the episode. Welcome to the Nurse Becoming Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Guarneri from the Resume RX, and this is the podcast that's dedicated to empowering and encouraging nurses along your path of professional and self discovery. As a nurse practitioner, mom, and business owner, I'm on a mission to help you figure out how to leave your lasting impact on the world, all while bravely and fearlessly growing along the way. Join me for honest conversations and inspiring stories about personal and professional growth all through the lens of nursing. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Nurse Becoming Podcast. It's your host, Amanda Guarneri, and thank you as always for spending this time with me. Today I I just wrapped up this interview. You know, I record the intro after I actually do the interview so that I can tell you a little bit about what to expect. And I just interviewed Ebony Time, who is a locum tenen nurse practitioner, which is a travel nurse practitioner, essentially. This is less common than travel nursing. Like people, I mean, it's common. These jobs are out there, but I think people are less aware of this option. I did an episode, a solo episode, way back at the beginning of the podcast. Like if you scroll back pretty much all the way to the beginning, it was one of maybe the first 10 episodes that I did. And I explained this type of role. And so I'm really excited to finally feature an interview with a locum tenant nurse practitioner and Ebony specifically really makes it her entire lifestyle. You'll hear about her traveling, you know, not just for her NP positions, but in the time in between her assignments, she lives a very luxurious travel lifestyle. And I really just think that this opportunity of being a locum tenant provider can really be the solution to a lot of problems that nurse practitioners face in terms of work-life balance and work-life integration. It really, uh, I don't want to say it seems too good to be true, but it definitely seems like a great option if you are the type of person who maybe wants a little bit more flexibility in your career. So I won't give away all the gems because that's what the interview is for. So let's go ahead, dive into my interview with Ebony Time. Hi, Ebony. Welcome to the show. Hi, Amanda. How are you? I am great. I'm really excited to talk to you 
mainly because, you know, we've chatted on Instagram before and never had the chance to officially connect face to face. But also, I think that my listeners are going to be really excited to hear about you and your story and what you do. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. So I would love to start, you know, I've already introduced you in in the intro, but I'd love for you to introduce yourself in your own words. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. So my name is Ebony. Um, I am a family medicine nurse practitioner. I've been practicing for the last 2.5 years, but I've been a nurse since 2014 with medical surgical background and um, ICU background as well. Born and raised in New York City. I have been for the last two and a half years, I've been traveling as a nurse practitioner. The proper term for it is a locum tenant provider in mainly urgent care, but I've done a practice in primary care as well. My background as a locum tenant provider include urgent care, which is where I started actually. Um, I have primary care experience with chronic diseases. I've done transgender care, HIV care as well. I've had a couple of patients that were um, hepatitis B and other infectious diseases as well I've done before. And I ran the first COVID-19 testing center in New York, the outside center. That's awesome. That is so cool. I I have so many questions. Like I don't, I don't even know where to start. This is so exciting because <laughs> <laughs> I think that like there's certain certainly a novelty around being a travel nurse and also knowing that you can be a travel NP because that's essentially what we're talking about, right? Like, would you say that locum tenens is pretty similar to travel nursing, just one's NP and one's RN? Yes and no. So the the good thing about me is that I can speak on it from both ends. I was a travel nurse before I became a travel NP. And so the concept with some, not all, um, locum positions is the same as travel nursing. You still get housing. Um, you Well, let me backtrack. If you are working a, as a W-2, which is what travel nurses work as, you will get like a housing stipend, which is about the same as um, travel nursing. However, most jobs are not W-2, they're 1099 positions. And so you are responsible for a lot of things on your own because essentially you become an independent contractor. Travel nursing, as far as I know, majority aren't independent contractor agencies. So the difference between that is that, yes, locum companies will provide you with transportation. They will provide you with housing. They may cover your mileage, parking expenses, they will cover your flight. It's more of a ask for what they will cover and see if you would get it kind of thing rather than travel nursing is just covering housing and uh, meals and incidentals, I believe. So that's one of the major differences between travel nursing and traveling as a nurse practitioner. Essentially, another huge difference between them is that you can actually travel as an NP but it be written under your business as opposed to a personal expense. Meaning that um, local agencies will not actually pay you as the provider, they'll pay your business and you can opt to pay yourself from your business. So it's a, a great way to grow a already six figure business where travel nursing, they don't typically, they don't do that at all actually. Yeah, that's a really uh, important distinction that I hadn't considered before, the fact that Travel nursing, you're you're looking 
to be more traditionally employed, but just short-term contracts as a W-2 versus, yeah, locum tenant positions pretty much exclusively are 1099 independent contractor yeah. roles. So tell me about your nursing, like before you became an NP, you said that you traveled as an RN. So I'd love to hear like when you became an RN, what did your path kind of look like? Sure. So, oh my God, I had a rough path. It was not easy for me at all. And it, it only made me stronger though and more resilient. So I, I don't, I wouldn't take anything back. So I started nursing school straight out of high school. So I was 17 years old when I started nursing school. Um, I have a, le- a late birthday. So mm-hmm. uh, I started pretty, you know, I was one of the youngest in my classes. And um, my very first semester I had failed. I was, this my first time away from New York City, away from family. I was with my friends. I didn't, I guess I didn't take the seriousness of nursing. And I got straight into the program from high school and I failed my first semester. It was devastating. Oh my gosh, it was so devastating. And I'm talking about, I had a 1.7 GPA failed. Like that was like about to get kicked out of nursing school and the school itself failing. I I don't think nursing was my passion from the beginning because I just, I wanted to be able to help people. I wanted to be working in a hospital, but it could have been anything in the hospital. I just so happened to get into the nursing, into the nursing program right away. So I didn't know what to expect. And then when I failed, it was devastating for me. And after I failed is when I realized I wanted to do nursing. It was like, oh my gosh, no, I need to do this. Like, so I, I stayed in the library all the time and I studied and studied and studied. Essentially, I ended up graduating nurse practitioner school with a 4.0 summa cum laude. But I had obstacles along the way. I failed my NCLEX twice. And I also um, was like told not that I wouldn't get into my master's program. And it was just like all these different things that like kind of had me like, oh, maybe nursing wasn't for me. But like I said, in the beginning, all of these obstacles is what made me more resilient and I wouldn't take it back. So I graduated RN school in 2014. I did med surge. And then when I was getting my BSN, like I went straight through with school. So when I was getting my BSN, I was also studying for my NCLEX at that time. And I had also started working in critical care at that time as well. And then I went on um, and got my family medicine degree, graduated with summa cum laude. And I didn't even start working as an NP right away, to be honest. I started working as a travel nurse right after school was right right when I was done. And I think a part of it was because going in at 17 and then finishing nursing school in general at 25, I didn't have that that freedom that that came along with, you know, in your most of your 20s and stuff like that. So travel nursing was like the the thing for me at that time. And I, a year later is when I became a nurse practitioner. Yeah, so you you needed a break. You were you were I in did. school forever. I, forever. I can't blame you at all. <laughs> yeah. So w- when you decided, so when you got your first job as an NP, was it locum tenants to start, or did you start in a you know in a more permanent role? So when I finally decided, you know, to get a big girl job, that's what mm-hmm. I called it. It was actually a staff position in urgent care. And um, it was hard for me, one, because I was just excited. And I know you talk about this a lot. And I, the resources that you provide, I wish I had, um, you know, when I started um, 
when I got my first job because there was a lot of stuff that I didn't ask about. Mm. I just kind of accepted the annual that I was going to be making. I didn't ask about vacation. I didn't ask about CMEs and things like that. And so day three, day one, I was, well, day one, I was shadowing, shadowing. Day two, I was shadowing. Day three, I was by myself as a solo provider. Oh my gosh. 45 patients. Day three. Seriously. And so it was already hard for me to transition from a role where I was a travel nurse making my own schedule and living the best life because I also took my first solo trip around that time. I've been traveling and transitioning from that to now going to a, a role where I'm like, okay, I'm on my own essentially. And I needed that break. And that break only came with whether the company decides I needed to take that break, mm. you know? And yeah. I um, honestly left locum 10. I, I mean, I honestly left um, my staff nurse practitioner position four months. I was four months into that position. I learned so much in that position by myself that I now practice as a solo provider in urgent care. So I basically know know what I know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Four four months thrown to the fire by yourself in urgent care mm-hmm. with that volume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. like a four month boot camp essentially. Essentially, um, yes. Um I'm thankful for the providers, the two providers I had as resources because when I reached out and I asked about resource, like who do who's my point of contact? They were like, oh, the per- the people that oriented you for two days. <laughs> so I was always calling them. I was always calling them on a day off and reaching out to my friends that were already working, using up-to-date like crazy Hippocrates. And like I had my books. I would step out the room and like look and, you know, research stuff. And I felt like I was still in school, essentially. Like anything I didn't understand during the day, I went, I wrote it down and I went home and did my research on treatment plans and stuff like that. And it should have never been like that to begin with. But I was excited about working 312s. And I thought like, you know what, I knew I didn't want to work Monday to Friday. Um, at least I would have some type of freedom with 312s. But I always left the work exhausted. Mm. And yeah, I, I had to quit. I quit and I went back and I shot my shot for lo- locum tenens and I got it. And it wasn't even urgent care, it was primary care. So tell me about that process. Like, did you go through, I'm assuming you went through an agency, like, did you reach out to mm-hmm. them? What, what did all that look like? So I'm, I'm going to backtrack and say that I knew I wanted to be a locum tenant. I just didn't know the term when I was in school. They came to a job fair and it was a whole bunch of tables with, you know, a whole bunch of different companies. And I always found myself going to the tables where they were like, you can make your own schedule. You could work whenever you want to. And I didn't know much information about it. So I knew essentially that that, that was always in the back of my mind as something I wanted to do. Just didn't know when I was going to do it because they already told me off the back that I didn't have experience. So when the opportunity presented itself after four months, I was like, I'm jobless. I had just applied through an agency and I got the job. And basically I met with the, who did I meet with? I met with the lead and I met with a, a, a physician assistant. So I had two people I met with and they told me, listen, like you don't have experience in primary care, but we're willing to train you in exchange for longevity. And so I did that. I stayed six months with them. 
I think six or seven months with them in primary care. That's where I learned like chronic diseases and um, infectious diseases and like that kind of experience that. And then the good part about it was that I had the support from other providers and one of the providers was actually my preceptor. Because locums, they don't, yeah, they don't tell you when you when you first apply, they don't tell you what job it is, like where where it's located and stuff like that. Like they, they when they submit you over and then the clinic is is willing to like interview you, then they tell you details about the clinic, like right. where it's located, what's the name of the clinic. Well, they tell you where it's located, but they they like what's the name of the clinic and stuff like that. And the clinic sounds familiar, so I had reached out to my preceptor at that time when I was in school. I was like, "Do you work in this clinic?" And he was like, yeah, I worked there. So that was a plus for me. Plus I had a pediatrician doctor that was always with me that actually trained me. So I had peds experience and then anything that I needed to understand, I also had my preceptor that I worked now worked with. So it was just a blessing for me for my very first position. Hello, friend. I am excited to tell you that enrollment for my new program, Interview Prep Magic, is officially open. I have listened to you, my community members, my listeners, and I have finally put together a comprehensive course that will confidently prepare you to rock your interviews. We always like to celebrate new things around here, which is why we are running a promotion for this program until Tuesday, June 14th to celebrate the launch. To access this super special launch pricing and be one of the first students of Interview Prep Magic, head to theresumerx.com slash interview or click the link in the show notes. Again, that's theresumerx.com slash interview. Now onto the episode. That's amazing. That's such a positive experience that you had. And, and obviously, obviously it was positive enough that you decided to keep doing locum assignments, right? So I'm curious, like where have you traveled far to work assignments? Mm -hmm. Like where have you, where has this taken you? Yes. So I am currently in California and I decided to extend my contract to September um, I started in March and I decided it was a three month originally. I was supposed to be done next month, but I decided just to spend the summer in California. Most of my contracts I've done in New York, all of the boroughs in New York I've done. That's where I'm from originally. I've done contracts upstate New York, which was about an hour and 15 minutes away from my house. So I went home every weekend. And then when I went to work, they would provide me with housing and they provide me with a car rental. I also worked in New Jersey and Seattle as well. So the furthest I've been, I would say, is California because I'm licensed in these states. So yeah, <laughs> I feel like the way I found you maybe was through your travel account, like not travel NP, but like travel to luxurious destinations. So my next question mm -hmm. is, have you taken breaks in between your assignments to allow you that flexibility that it sounded like you were really always after? Always. So I would say like I, when I meet a recruiter, because you have to establish a good relationship with a recruiter, you know, when a recruiter is not good for you, when they're like pushy with your assignments. And that's with travel nursing as well, where they're like, oh, take this, take this, take this. And like, so my recruiters, all of my recruiters know that I travel. Some way, somehow, I think it's because of my Forbes article. A lot of recruiters reach out to me due to that article as well and know that I travel off the bat. So they're more like, okay, what they're looking for positions that are either A, flexible 
or work around my schedule. I kind of give them a, a schedule like, okay, I'm not going to be in the country this time. I'm not going to be in the country this month. So if you have a contract that start and when I come back and end before my next country, then I can do it. So they already know off the back. Taking breaks is essential for me, not only for traveling internationally, but like just for my family and friends and just just taking a mental break is super important for me. But when I do work, I actually work. And so a lot of people did a lot of people didn't know that I was a travel NP because again, like my front page ebb, it doesn't show nothing that I do at, outside of just traveling. So people were curious all the time, like, what do you work? How do you get this money? Like what's the what's your line of work? <laughs> and so yeah, like just taking trips for me is super, super therapeutic. That's just the way I cope with a lot of things in life and then so I started eventually branching out and showing like what I do outside of travel because that's the side that people were missing and people never seen so yes <laughs> I love it I feel like you're you're living like the best of both the best of both worlds you know like Absolutely. the things that I hear NPs complain about you get a very regular break from <laughs> and and it's probably really good to help keep you in a place where you, you know, don't grow resentful of the career choice you made, which yeah. unfortunately is where, you know, a lot of overworked and underpaid NPs get to for sure. I love what I definitely love what I do. I love taking care of patients. The thing is I don't like the politics behind mm nursing, just healthcare in general. So I have no complaints with working, knowing that I know that I have a vacation coming up or I have a yeah. break coming up and a nice long break to see my family. So, um, and knowing that you don't have to stay in any position you don't want to, you're not contracted to stay in a position for a long period of time. And even if you are contracted, you better make sure that that, that contract says you give a 30 day notice mm -hmm. um, because there's contracts that you might not like. Right. But just knowing that you can leave is like, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what are some things that you, like some advice that you would give some NPs who are listening and are like, this sounds really great. I want to do this. So advice for prospective locum tenant providers. Sure. So when I first became a locum tenant, I owed $30,000 back in taxes and I didn't know the importance of write-off. And so... When people think about becoming a locum, you have to think about three different things. So you have to think about applying for positions and seeing if you're qualified and comfortable for, position, for that position. You have to think about your finances. That part is like, is like the, the biggest thing that you have to think about because I always tell people that locums are not for everybody. You have to look at your life, your, your current finances and see like, okay, can I take up on anything else? Um, because you do, you will have to pay for your health insurance if you're not with one W2 company where most of locum contracts, like I said in the beginning is 1099. So you will be responsible for those things. There's going to be certain stuff. Maybe you found a good contract and they don't cover housing. You're going to be responsible for your housing. So navigating and understanding how that stuff works, looking at and looking deep into your finances and see, would you profit 
from being a locum versus would you not profit because of your current expenses. So making sure that's at least low or clear would be um, absolutely the best thing to do. And then lastly, understanding taxes. Like I know we have a CPA, you know, we all, I mean, we should all have CPAs, but Mm -hmm. understanding just at a basic level, how taxes work and knowing that, you know, you have to put aside a, a certain amount because essentially you are responsible for putting your taxes and paying quarterly taxes. So just knowing, okay, this is a business expense versus this is not. And like knowing your how your numbers look every month or every week. So those stuff are important, and if, especially if you don't have anybody that's that you hired to do your bookkeeping and stuff like that. You probably should be, you should have a better understanding of that and how it can affect you in the future. Like I said, I, for one, owed $30,000 in taxes because I didn't know what I was doing. And I was excited about having a travel MP position. I got, I landed my first job. I knew freedom and flexibility. But those are the things, the minor things can become very major if you don't pay attention to it. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, those are really, mm-hmm. really excellent points. And I completely agree. Like I, I consider myself to have a decent understanding of things like taxes and bookkeeping. And even still, like I, granted, I'm not a locum tenant provider, but my CPA at, for my business and, and, you know, we're really talking about having a business mm-hmm. mindset in, in this mm-hmm. type of work. I would be, I would be lost without her. So, yes. <laughs> so if you're not really good at these things, you know, plan to plan to hire it out or plan to have that be a well worth it expense, I think. Yes, definitely. Because essentially locums is a business. I always tell people that locums is a business. You have to understand, have a base understanding of how business works in order to be a locum. Or else you're going to be stuck to just taking just taking W-2 contracts. And you want to make yourself more marketable. If most of the companies are 1099s, you probably want to make sure you understand how to be a 1099 and how to yeah. be a W-2. W-2, pretty easy. 1099 can be a little bit complicated. So you want to have that at baseline. Yeah, for sure. Um, in terms of, you know, clinical background or clinical practice, do you think, I know you had, you know, this four month boot camp, then you were able to kind of launch into locum tenens work. Do you think, do you recommend a certain amount of time that NPs work before exploring this option? It depends. So I work with new grads. I work with student nurse practitioners and I work with practicing clinicians that have probably been practicing longer than me. It all depends. And I recommend that if you are trying to get into becoming a locum and you are a student or a new grad, know that it's not only about applying, like we said before, it's about understanding your finances and understanding how taxes will work for you as well. So that's a big part about it. Um, As far as clinical experiences, it all depends on the line of work. For example, it's not rocket science. I did a six-month contract doing COVID testing. A new grad could do that. Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That was my 1099 locum tenant contract. They hired me not to work in the clinic. They hired me to work. They, They wanted to extend their current practice by offering COVID testing to the community. And that now they have all of these little, well, they're starting to cut that down, but they have all of these little pop-up um, COVID testing center sites. 
And the one that I worked in was a, we were actually on news for this. We were the first COVID testing site in Manhattan and I was able to run it. A new grad could do that. That's a travel MP position. So when it comes to like positions like that, I would say, well, you don't really need experience when it comes to positions like primary care um, and urgent care and maybe some specialties. I would say at least one year, unless unless they are willing to train you because they can Mm. train you and you can be with them up to one year as well. So it would really all depends because there's some contracts will be like, nope, we don't want new grads. We don't want people that don't have experience. And then there are other contracts will be like, well, we'll take this person, but they just have to commit to a nine month contract with us or six month contract with us. They will get all the support they need just by committing with the contract with us. Hmm. So they know they don't have to hire. And it's easier to hire a locum tenant provider rather than a staff's NP because now because they know that they don't have to cover anything for them like health insurance and all of that stuff for them so it's easier and it's more cost sufficient to hire a locum tenant for nine months yeah (laughs) yeah yeah that makes that makes perfect sense um so i want to know if well i want to know more about your your platforms and kind of like the other side of the work that you do and i you know, I'm sure that you'll tell us about a couple different sides. We've already alluded to the fact that we've got kind of travel healthcare provider and travel lifestyle. So please share more about those. Sure. So on my travel lifestyle, um, I love traveling so, so much. I don't think I'm going to stop, (laughs) but on that end, um, I travel, I travel solo mainly in the States and internationally as well. So on that end, I pretty much teach women how to travel solo, um, just to build the confidence to be able to travel solo through my experiences that I've had. I provide a ton of resources. I have a course on solo traveling as well. So that's on the travel lifestyle um, aspect. On the travel NP aspect, I also have a ton of resources on how to get started as a travel NP, what documents you need, because locum positions do not wait on you and you will apply for one today and then if you're hesitant about whether you're going to take the job or not they have somebody by tomorrow so you want to make sure that you have like understand like you know the checklist that you need to know and need to have an order before applying to any positions i have an eight week course right now that not only teaches you how to become a travel MP, but the aspects that we were talking about, understanding malpractice insurance is one of the biggest ones, health insurance, financial financial planning, financial advisors, estate planning, because when you start making more money, you want to know where those where, where your money is going and you want to build a, a legacy pretty much. And so we have other passive incomes that you can get, stocks and investments that we, we talk about in the eight-week curriculum. And not only that, they're able to connect with the people that I work with as a locum. And the biggest part about it is that they can connect with a locum tenant recruiter right away who is open to answer any questions, helping them get started. 
And then on top of that, I have a VIP community for local tenants. This is where I drop a lot of information in there, more information about understanding contracts, telemedicine opportunities. Um, I always drop any locum positions in there, any companies that reaches out to me, I drop inside the VIP community. Um, it's a 24-hour tech support. If they want to hop on a phone call with me, we schedule a phone call. We talk about their specific situation. And we had, a like, I want to say a lot. I don't know. I don't even know. A countless amount of people that actually landed jobs that's in my VIP community because essentially they're working one-to-one with me on getting the job. So they can ask me any questions about the interview about pay, which is the biggest portion about if it makes sense to take this contract versus if it doesn't make sense to take this contract. It's just an amazing community. And now I recently launched my Travel MP Bootcamp Masterclass, which will take place in May. It's a live masterclass that's going to be for 45 minutes. That's just going to give you a bootcamp form of um, becoming a travel MP. And just a lot of resources. Like I just really want people to start crafting their career and knowing their worth. And yeah, so it's amazing. I, I'm so impressed and inspired by you. <laughs> you Thank just have you. so much to offer in all these places. And uh, for the listeners, tell us specifically where they can connect with you or follow you. Like, where do you want people to go if they're interested in mm-hmm. learning from you? So if you guys are interested in learning from me, you can follow me on Instagram. My Instagram is at ebb, E-B-B, the T-H-E-N-P. You can find me on there. Once you um, find me on there, you can actually have a link to go to my travel page. If you're interested in traveling, it's front page underscore ebb. And I'm always posting. I'm always in my stories. I'm always posting in my feed. Um, You can definitely find me over there. I love it. And my final question for you, I would love to know if you have any big dreams or any big goals, like what's the next big thing for you? Um, This has been on my mind for a while, actually. I want to host a mission trip. I want to somehow connect travel, like nursing in general, with international travel. So mission trips is big on my mind right now. I do host group trips right now, but I wanted something specifically for the nursing career and how we can get out and just help the communities in different countries. That's one of my biggest goals. And one of my other goals is to do some long-term traveling as well for a few months. I mean, I usually do one to two months sporadically, but like I'm talking about like six, seven, eight months away, probably to Bali. Amazing. (laughs) That sounds amazing. Um, I have someone in Bali who I will, who I will connect you connect you with when you go. (laughs) So you'll have, you'll have a friend. That's amazing. And your mission trip sounds wonderful. I uh, signed me up and I just love (laughs) asking that question because I think that, you know, when we, when we say our dreams and our big goals out loud, it's so much more impactful for us to actually make them happen. So thank you. Thank you for sharing thank that. Thank you. Thank you. It has been. And it will happen. <laughs> yes, it will happen. And I can't wait to celebrate it when it does, for sure. Thank you. So thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing all this wonderful information. For the listeners, you can head to the show notes. I will link to all of um, Ebony's pages that she shared. That way you can go follow along, connect with her, and get those locum tenant goals rolling. So. 
Thank you Thank so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Amanda. I appreciate it. Well, that does it for today. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. If you have found today's episode helpful and you would like to support the Nurse Becoming podcast, I invite you to buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash nursebecoming. I appreciate your support. This helps me create more content for you to enjoy and benefit from in the future. Also, would you consider giving me a rating or review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't done so already? It will truly help other nurses find the show and know that it's worth listening to. For more information about this episode, as well as a place to submit your questions or suggestions for future episodes or guests, head to nursebecoming.com. I can't wait to connect with you soon. And until next time, remember, I am always rooting for you.